Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with longtime Indianapolis Indians broadcaster Howard Kelman. Indiana women's basketball has a new assistant coach. Alexa Goulbay is headed overseas to play pro basketball, and we will talk the Indiana Cutters semi-pro football team. We will have our high school scoreboard update, and we'll look ahead to the week in IU Athletics, so let's talk sports. We will start with Indiana University women's basketball as head coach Terry Morin announced that Linda Saiya Vong Chan has joined the team as the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator. She replaces Ashley Williams, who left to join her alma mater, NC State. Saiya Vong Chan has spent the last seven seasons at Creighton, along with stops at St. Louis, North Dakota, and Drake. The Lady Blue Jays made the Sweet 16 for the first time this past season. She was a grad assistant at Minnesota Duluth from 2007 to 2009. She is a Des Moines, Iowa native who played at Drake University from 2002 to 2006, scoring 1,129 points. Indiana University and Campus Inc. have announced a Total Solution School Agreement that will provide all Hoosier student-athletes name, image, and likeness merchandising opportunities. This fall, Campus Inc. will launch a complete merchandising store featuring officially licensed shirts, jerseys, and apparel. Every athlete will possess a digital locker room which will house their merchandise. Campus Inc. expanded into NIL space in 2021 and launched the NIL store. Former IU women's basketball player Alexa Gulbe will start her pro career in Spain. The Riga Latvia native signed a training camp contract with the Connecticut Sun and WNBA before being waived after one preseason game. Gulbe scored 1,071 points, 618 rebounds, and 112 blocks in her four years. Here at IU, her new team in Spain won the Spanish League Championship and were third in the EuroLeague this season. The Indiana Cutters lost to the Columbus Gladiators 38-36 in Martinsville High School Saturday night. The Cutters scored with 124 left in the game, but did not get the two-point conversion. Travis Griffey threw for 149 yards, two touchdown passes, and two interceptions. Isaiah Moore had three receptions for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Terrell Williamson had 92 yards rushing and two touchdowns. The Cutters are 1-1 one one on the season and will host the Kentucky Cardinals on June 18th at Martinsville High School. High school sports time. Let's check the local high school scoreboard. Bloomington North sophomore Hadley Lucas won the discus and shot put at the girls' state track and field meet at IU on Friday. She becomes the seventh sophomore to win the shot put and the first female athlete to ever sweep the throws. And the second shot put champion from Monroe County joining Stacey Martin of Edgewood, who won in 1999. 
Bloomington North finished fourth with 28 points, which ties for the best finish in school history. The Cougars finished fourth in 1989 and 1991. North Central of Indianapolis won the state title with a score of 55 points. Noblesville was second with 40 points. Plainfield wins its first ever boys and track and field state championship with 61 points. The meet was held Saturday here at the Robert C. Hall track and field complex on the IU campus. Brownsburg was second with 47 points. Bloomington North finished 30th with 7 points. And Bloomington South finished 63rd with 2 points. And before the boys track and field state championship meet, it was the unified track and field meet with Bedford North Lawrence winning with 116 points. Lafayette Jefferson was second with 114 points. The softball state finals are set for this Friday and Saturday at Purdue University. Friday in Class 1A, it will be Tecumseh against South Central Union Mills at 5.30. In Class 3A, it will be Tri-West versus South Bend St. Joseph's at 8 p.m. Saturday, it will be North Posey and Eastside in Class 2A at 4.30. And then in Class 4A, it will be unbeaten Ron Colley taking on Harrison from West Lafayette at 7 p.m. The baseball semi-states are Saturday at four sites around Indiana. At LaPorte in Class 1A, it will be Lafayette Central Catholic against South Central Union Mills at noon, followed by Zionsville and Penn in Class 4A. At Kokomo in Class 2A, it will be Wapahani against Ileana Christian at 1 p.m., followed by Newcastle and Andran in Class 3A. At Mooresville, it will be... Linton versus Centerville in Class 2A at 1 p.m. And in Class 4A, it will be Columbus East against Cathedral. And at Jasper in Class 1A, it will be Tecumseh versus Shackamack at 1 p.m. And Silver Creek and Burbuff to follow in Class 3A. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. When we come back, we will talk with longtime Indianapolis Indians broadcaster Howard Kelman. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. This is Danny with Weathervane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, Weathervane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MATT or go online to myinjurycase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MATT. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Brew, your publisher from Sports Illustrated Indiana, and I'm listening to Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network, and you should do the same.
Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest. He is in his 46th season as the play-by-play voice for the Indianapolis Indians. 32 years as the play-by-play voice for WHMB TV 40s High School Football and Basketball Game of the Week. A professional speaker, award-winning sportscaster, author, Hall of Famer, Howard Kelman joins me. Howard, it is an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for the time to join me. Well, Nick, thank you so much for inviting me and asking me. I'm honored to be on your show, and that was a very nice introduction as well. So thanks for that, too. Well, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate the time. Of course, before we get into the Indianapolis Indians and and all things Indiana sports, you grew up in New York. You've been in Indiana for a long time. What ultimately led you from New York to here to Indiana? The Indianapolis Indians did, Nick. During my senior year of college, I wrote to every single minor league baseball team. I was attending Brooklyn College, which is part of the City University of New York. I wrote 110 letters. Of the 110 letters, I got 25 responses. I had broadcast St. John's basketball and football the previous year, so my career had gotten going, and now I was trying to get a baseball job. So I got about 25 responses to 110 letters, and I have to admit, as a 21, 22-year-old, I was naive because I thought the reason I wasn't getting more responses is that the letters were being lost in the mail. Well, that was not the case. I didn't realize a lot of people just didn't answer. So anyway... Of the 25 responses, there were three openings, Indianapolis, Spokane, and Albuquerque. He sent those three teams play-by-play of a Yankee-Red Sox game I had recorded at Yankee Stadium. George Steinbrenner was nice enough to let me use vacant broadcast booths, and a lot of games weren't on TV back then. So I sent an inning, Thurman Munson knocked in a run, The Indians like my tapes. Spokane liked me also, but I went to Indianapolis. It's been a dream come true. I've been here ever since. So that's how I got from New York to Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Indians brought me here. You mentioned that you called St. John's games on both radio and TV. Growing up in New York, was that the team you followed college-wise, and who were the teams you followed professionally? Well, I love the Knicks. The Knicks were my favorite basketball team, although I admired the Celtics. See, when I was growing up in the 60s, the Celtics with Bill Russell, the ultimate team, they won championship after championship. In fact, 11 of them in 13 years. And for those who didn't see Bill Russell play, and most of you are too young to have seen him play, go to YouTube sometime, Google, Google him, and see all the shots that he blocked and the way he changed games. But I was a Knicks fan. And this was before the Big East, Nick, so that this is 1973. I liked St. John's. I was privileged to broadcast their games. And they got a much bigger following once the Big East came into existence around 1980 or so. In fact, St. John's went to the Final Four in 1985 under Lou Karnaseka, who's a great man, terrific guy, still alive in his 90s. And Jack Kaiser, who was the baseball coach, the athletic director, now athletic director emeritus. Do you realize, Nick, Jack Kaiser has been with St. John's for over 70 years as a student, 
as a coach and as an athletic director and athletic director emeritus. So I, I was privileged to broadcast St. John's basketball, did some of their football games on TV too. And uh, that got me started in the business and that helped me get Indianapolis because I had some experience, even though I didn't have baseball experience, I had experience broadcasting and fortunately the Indians hired me. You've got to be in Indianapolis for so long. Of course, you saw the Indians at Bush Stadium. You loved Bush Stadium, you know, before they moved to Victory Field. You love the old, you know, old school baseball stadiums. And then obviously the Indians have one of the greatest minor league baseball parks around. So how does it feel to get to go to work every day in one of the greatest venues in baseball? Well, that's well put, Nick. It is a privilege. It was a privilege to do it at Bush Stadium, too. But Victory Field is absolutely beautiful. And, you know, on July 11th, Victory Field will be 26 years old. And people say that new Indians ballpark. Well, the Indianapolis Indians Operations Department has done a magnificent job of keeping the ballpark looking great. The field is beautiful. Joey Stevenson and his crew do great work, in fact, Many have said it's better than most fields in the major leagues. It's that well manicured. But we take great pride. I don't know if I should say we. I work for the team, but I'm not involved in keeping the ballpark looking beautiful. The team takes so much pride in making Victory Field such a special place, and we're so proud of that. You know, and I I might add, Nick, is that we spend a good deal of money on maintenance and upkeep, and that's what keeps it looking so great. Absolutely, for sure. And then, of course, the Indians not only have their minor league team, they host the state finals for high school baseball every year. I don't know how much you're involved in that, but how neat is it to see the great high school players of the state get to finish their season in a great venue like Victory Field? I think that's well said, Nick. It's terrific for the high school players to do that. And we have some occasionally, Dylan Peters, who was a cathedral guy, played on this field and then pitched briefly with the Indianapolis Indians last year. He's now a Pittsburgh Pirate. So I am not involved in it, though, because I'm broadcasting the Indians games. So I'm not involved in the state championships. But I agree with you. I think it's a wonderful thing for the young people. It's also a wonderful thing for Victory Field and the Indians to be able to host the state championships. Now, for right now, because of COVID, the road games are called from the from the ballpark here at Victory Field. You don't travel anymore. Do you miss getting to go travel to these other places? Well, I do miss the guys and being on the road and spending time with them. But on the other hand, I understand the reasoning behind why I'm not traveling. You know, 2020 was a very difficult year for minor league baseball teams with no season. We all all lost a ton of money. So this enables the Indians to save some money. And also, as you said, because of COVID. So I'm fine with this and I'll do whatever the Indians want me to do. But this season and last season are the first two that I have not traveled with the team. Take me through what a road game day for you since now you're calling it from here instead of the ballpark, wherever the team is at. Well, it is different, obviously. And uh, as you said, Uh, I'm calling it from the broadcast booth at Victory Field, and I think for the most part, the camera work that we get has been good. 
Now, I could be in trouble when there's a fly ball hit to right field if the camera shows the third baseman. No, but usually that's not happening. We, we've we're done pretty well with this. And I'll get to the ballpark two to three hours prior. We'll get the lineups, go over things we have to set up technically. We have to get on game day. We have to get connect to the radio station, which we do, obviously, at home, too. And also, we have to get the video all straightened out, the big TV in the broadcast booth at Victory Field. But it's fine. It's been going well. And I look forward to the team starting a homestand tomorrow, June the 7th, against the Columbus Clippers. Yeah, the team is on the road in Omaha right now. The team is 500. What what have you thought so far? I, I know they've had a couple call-ups so far with some big prospects like O'Neill Cruz, uh, among others. And, of course, you've had a no-hitter this year with the Indians. So what do you think the rest of the season's going to look like? I think it would be very exciting. We played 50 games, as you said. We're 25 and 25, so we've played exactly one-third of the schedule. We have a good young team, a lot of young players. You mentioned O'Neill Cruz. Cal Mitchell is one who did get called up and is playing for the Pirates. Jiwon Bay from South Korea is another exciting, good young player. And there are others, too. So it's good to see these young players. We enjoy it. We've got some good young pitching. And I think that the fans will enjoy coming to Victory Field and watching this team during the final two-thirds of the season. And I think there will be maturity. We have a nice young manager in Miguel Perez, who also played briefly here and was a coach for us in 2016. Gary Green is the bench coach. He played for us in 1993. He was a fine shortstop. In fact, Doc Edwards said the man could be a great pickpocket. He says his hands are so good. But he was a terrific shortstop. So we have uh, Eric Munson doing a fine job as the Indians hitting coach. Dan Meyer is the Indians pitching coach. And so we have a lot of guys who have really contributed to this ball club. You mentioned the fact that they're playing the Omaha Storm Chasers. As I mentioned before the interview, I actually have a cousin on the Storm Chasers, Clay Dungan from Yorktown High School in Indiana State, playing third base. Earlier in the season, he was leading off for the Storm Chasers, but he's been still playing, but not in the starting lineup because, as you mentioned, they have a a guy rehabbing with Omaha. Nick, I I didn't say he's not in the starting lineup. He is. He's not leading off now. Because Michael A. Taylor is rehabbing, but he's still been playing third base. That's my misunderstanding. What have you thought of Clay's performance? Oh, I like him. I think he's a good ball player. We love to see Indiana State guys. We have a nice history with the Indianapolis Indians of players from Indiana State. We have one of them in Hunter Owen this season, who unfortunately is on the injured list with an injured right shoulder. But we go way back to the 1980s with Indiana State players like Wally Johnson, Brian Dorsett, Tim Barrett. So, and not too long ago, Nevin Ashley. By the way, Nevin Ashley is a catcher and he's now a coach in the big leagues. His wife's first name is Ashley. So she's Ashley Ashley. Growing up here in Bloomington, of course, there was Dwayne Dwayne from Bloomington North who played at the University of Wisconsin on the Final Four team for uh, basketball. So you've done over 6,000 games for the Indianapolis Indians. That's just an amazing stat. Is there a benchmark you're wanting to set at some point? No, 
That's a very good question, by the way, Nick. And I've called about over 6,500 games now. was fortunate to call number 6,000 in 2017. To me, and people say, well, what's your greatest thrill? Well, there have been a lot of great games. So no hitters, championships, eight championships, six of them in the 1980s. But to me, Nick, the greatest thrill is doing the job every single day, enjoying the journey. I love the journey, and that's what gets me going every single day. You never know if it's going to be a 2-1 to game or a 12-11 to game or, unfortunately, a 10 nothing game, which happens once in a while, too. So it's enjoying the journey, and each day at the ballpark is absolutely wonderful. Work for great people in Bruce Schumacher, Randy Lewandowski, and Joel Zawacki, and always have worked for terrific people with Max Schumacher and Cal Burleson, too. So I've been very lucky. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back more with Howard Kelman after this quick timeout, this is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning online at carpetcleaningbrothers.com. Hi, this is Keandra Brown with Indiana Women's Basketball, and you're listening to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Indianapolis Indian broadcaster Howard Kelman. Howard, we were talking about... You're over 6,000 games with the Indians. You're also the play-by-play voice for WHMB TV 40, doing the high school football and basketball game of the week since 1990, 32 years. So it's not only the Indians. You're busy all year round. Well, yes, and I also uh, give speeches too. So it's a lot of fun and also sell some advertising for the Indians. It's a lot of fun and You know, you have basketball and football, and I love high school basketball and high school football, too. I I grew up a big NBA fan, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. I just wish there weren't as many three-point field goals in NBA basketball now. I understand why they're taken. I compliment the guys on being excellent three-point shooters, but I like the game better when there weren't as many three-point field goals. You have a favorite since you moved here from New York years ago, do you have a favorite player in any sport in Indiana? Well, of all the years I broadcast the Indianapolis Indians, as you mentioned, this is my 46th season. There's nothing like a great shortstop. And Ronnie Oster, 
played shortstop for the Indianapolis Indians for three years, 1977 to 79. It was incredible. When you have a great shortstop, he holds your ball club. And Oster made all the plays. Shortstops are constantly involved. A third baseman can go six or seven innings without a ball being hit to him. Not at shortstop. You're involved in cutoffs. You're involved in so many things. And Ronnie Oster was the heart and soul of the ball club. He went on. He played 11 years in the big leagues with the Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati native. Unfortunately, he didn't get to play shortstop in the major leagues because when he got called up, David Concepcion was the red shortstop. Now, I know he's way before your time, Nick, but I feel very strongly that David Concepcion should be in baseball's Hall of Fame. And then Barry Larkin succeeded David Concepcion at shortstop, and Barry Larkin is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So because of that, Ronnie Oster never got to display his skills at shortstop in the major leagues, which to me is a big disappointment. He had an incredible arm, incredible hands. A shortstop's got to be smooth and fluid, and he was magnificent. I think one of the most famous Indianapolis Indians that didn't seem to be able to stick in the majors is Razor Shines. What was it about him that he just couldn't seem to latch on in the majors? Well, I think first off, Nick, he's the most popular player in the history of our franchise. Played here for nine seasons, 1984 through 93, with the exception of 1990. I think he would have stayed in the middle in the major leagues, but he suffered an injury. He was here in 1984. And he was the Indianapolis Indians' most viable player. Had a terrific season. The following year, he spent most of it in the major leagues with the Montreal Expos. And the last day of the season at Shea Stadium in New York, he tore up his leg, sliding into second base. He never was the same player again. He still was a good AAA player and contributed to all those championships we won afterward. But he only got one more cup of coffee in the major leagues. That was in 1987 with Montreal. And he couldn't move and run the same way he did prior to the injury. Now, one of the things you've done is you've written a book called 61 Humorous and Inspiring Life Lessons I've Learned from Baseball. What made you decide to write this book? Well, I wrote the book 12 years ago, and the stories are still generic. People were saying to me, you've been here so long. And let's see, so I was here about, what, 36, 37 years at the time. You, and I called my 5,000 game that same season in 2010. People said, you've been here so long. Why don't you write a book? So I did. My wife, Robin, helped me a great deal with it. She did a lot of the technical stuff. But there are 61 short chapters, each a couple of pages long, all different from each other. I wrote 61 lessons as opposed to 50 or 100 to honor Roger Maris and his 61 home runs with the New York Yankees in 1961, because five years prior to that, Roger Maris played for the Indianapolis Indians and led the Indians to a championship. So that's why I wrote 61 Lessons. And I had a real nice response to the book and still have. And it's got all kinds of short stories, half of them humorous, half of them inspiring. And it was a lot of fun. You've been inducted in three different Hall of Fames and 2018, it was the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame, 2015, Indiana Broadcast Pioneers Hall of Fame, and 2009, Indiana Sportscasters and Sportswriters Hall of Fame. What do all those mean to you? Well, it mean a great deal. 
and they're all Indiana holes of fame. This is where I've been my entire adult life. So I've been very fortunate. And the uh, sportscasters and sports writers, as you said, was the first one. Then six years later came the broadcast Pioneers Hall of Fame, which was a big dinner. The, the first two were dinners, as was the third one in 2018, the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame. They all are special. They all mean a great deal. And uh, I've been very privileged to have been inducted to all three of them. How much do you follow, of course, the Colts, the Pacers, all the Indiana colleges? And is there a particular team that you follow more than than others besides, of course, the Indians? I would say the team I follow more than others is the Colts. I love the Colts. I, I'm a Pacer fan, too. But as I said, I don't enjoy the NBA the way I used to. Remember some lean years and then great years with the Pacers uh, in the 90s. Larry Brown is a key man in the Pacers history because they had not done well in the NBA till he became the coach and they turned the corner. And then Larry Bird was the coach. Larry Bird's the one guy, coach of the year, MVP three times as a player and executive of the year. So, but I love the Colts and uh, follow them. I'd say the most closely. I also support IU and Purdue. Disappointed about Purdue. I thought they'd go farther in the, farther in the NCAA tournament this year. And I, I should also tell you, Nick, the first 15 years I was here, 1976 to 91, I also worked as a reporter at Colts games, doing radio network stuff, stringing at Colts games, Pacer games, IU, Purdue, and Notre Dame. You also go out and talk to various groups and, and community events, and you have a motto that says, pursue excellence passionately. When did you come up with that motto, and, and, and how much do you execute that in your daily life? Well, I try to. And every day I get up, I say, what can I achieve today? How can I make this day special? How can I make the most of this day? I went in the late 70s, I think it was 1979, to Market Square Arena, and there was a show put on. They had a bunch of speakers, one of whom was Zig Ziglar. And I was really inspired when I came out of that. Now, I didn't act on it immediately, but years later, I started speaking in the mid-90s and became a speaker. They use the term motivational speaker. You might call it that, although I also give talks on leadership. And sometimes someone strictly wants entertainment, the humorous side of sports. So becoming a champion is the motivational talk that I do. But that pumped me up, so I decided I would do that too, and I really enjoy doing that as well. Well, Howard, I really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Congratulations, of course, to for everything that you've done. You've been a great ambassador to the Indians, to the state of Indiana, and continued success. And, and I hope we can do this again very soon. I really appreciate it. Nick, I want to thank you very much for those kind words. I really enjoyed being on with you. You've asked terrific questions, and you're welcome to visit me in the Victory Field broadcast booth anytime. My thanks to Howard Kelman for being my guest this week. Visit his website, www.howardkelman.com. Well, in IU sports, five IU track and field athletes will compete at the NCAA championships in Eugene, Oregon, Wednesday through Saturday. Sean Mockler competes in the Hammer Throw Wednesday at 5 p.m. 
Jaden Ulrich will compete in the shot put and the discus. The shot put is Thursday at 10 o'clock. The discus Saturday at 5. Maddie Pollard will compete at the shot put at 10 p.m. Paola Fernandez-Sola will compete in the long jump Thursday at 10 p.m. And Mahogany Jenkins will compete in the high jump Saturday at 5 p.m. That will, of course, conclude the 2021-22 season for IU Athletics after the NCAA Championships. Thank you for joining us this evening, and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jengison. Join us throughout the week on social media and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports. was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.